and we are live with the All Gas Snow Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, we are now down to the final four in college basketball. Four teams remain, one national champion will be crowned. But to get to this point in the season, there has been a lot of upsets that we've seen in the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. But the next two rounds, we've seen a lot more upsets that have really stunned the college basketball world. And now we have, you know, pretty much four teams that at the beginning of this tournament, you thought there's no there's no way they would make it to this point in the season. Yeah, uh, Nick, that is a great point. So the final four is compri- comprised of three teams that had absolutely no chance of making it to the tournament this year. Uh, right. I'll say that, but teams that had absolutely no business being in the final four. You had Florida Atlantic, you have San Diego State, uh, Miami, and of course, uh, my preseason or one of my preseason favorites, UConn. Right. Yeah, and I, I even said it when we were doing our original you know, prediction show, I said UConn was one of my favorites to make it out of their region just because, you know, you knew the talent was there. But the issue being for them was that a lot of injuries in the season kind of hit like a bad stride during the mid part of the year. And they got to the point where a lot of things didn't go their way. But once they got healthy and you're seeing it in this tournament, they are starting to play some really good basketball at the most perfect time of the season. Now you've, now, Nick, I know you've heard me say this a couple times, the St. John's uh, litmus test. Yes. Now, apparently it goes both ways, too, because teams that have <laughs> lost to St. John's and struggled against St. John's have either gotten A, bounced early in the tournament, or B, yep. now they're really succeeding in UConn. And the only other – this it's so weird because I can think of this with a couple different teams. Uh, Syracuse, when they made that Final Four run. Uh, Villanova, when they won the national championship. They also lost to St. John's. Uh, Duke, when they made that run a couple of years ago, also lost to St. John's. So this, it goes both ways, I guess. St. John's, either the litmus test is either you're either going to flounder if you're a contender in March, or you can make this is like kind of rock bottom for the team, and they're going to make a run. Yeah, it's such a weird like Final Four, too, which we'll get into later on, because you get, the teams that you have there, you have one Big East team, ACC, and then a Mountain West, and I think Florida Atlantic is Conference USA, right? From that is correct. Okay, just want just want to clarify that. So yeah, the you know the two first conferences, you're thinking, okay, yeah, that that's understandable. Then you get into those last two conferences, you're saying, how in the world are a team from those conferences in the the opportunity to play for a national championship this season? But that's the realm of what we're currently going into, and we even said it. This is a wide open bracket going into this March Madness and we've seen how the tournament has unfolded. It has been nothing short of madness to say the least. So would you say college basketball this season has been better than college football? Um, I think for the aspect of unpredictability, glad we both agree with that. Yeah, I think because for college football, you knew like Georgia is going to be one of those teams there and Alabama was going to be one of those teams the only Ohio unpredictable State, thing that didn't happen, the only unpredictable thing was the emergence of TCU this season, making it to the national championship game. No one expected that, even including myself. For this season, you're thinking, okay, when you're going into this bracket, there are a couple teams that you're going to say at the end of the day, you know what? That's my national championship pick. You had Purdue, Grayson had Kansas. I had Alabama. And I really thought Alabama was the team to beat going into this tournament. 
top seed overall going into the bracket. They got to the Sweet 16, but they, you know, they just had one of those days where one bad game, that's all it takes for you to get eliminated in this tournament. And that's exactly what happened for the Tide against San Diego State. Major upset for the Aztecs. They knock off the top seed of Tide 71 to 64. They move on to the Elite Eight at that point of the tournament. So huge time upset and officially knocks out all of our national championship picks that we had predicted before this you know tournament started. So the mushing hour at the end of the day did go into full effect, but can't really necessarily blame all of us. This tournament has been wild. Yeah, now I want to go touch upon one thing. You said want to talk about wild. The preseason number one team in the country didn't even qualify for the tournament. Yeah, North Carolina. North Carolina, but preseason that that's the equivalent of Alabama and I being ranked in the top twenty-five by the end of the season, or Georgia yeah. not being ranked in the for top fo- twenty-five. That's yeah, for football, that's how yeah. absolutely crazy it is. Uh, but yeah, it was a hell of a game, and a lot of NCAA basketball fans are happy about Alabama, um, mainly because this is kind of like a referendum on the NIL. The only reason why Alabama basketball has gotten so big is because the football programs kind of trickled down into it. So to them, this is kind of like uh, an ultimatum in one sense. A kind of rebuke, like, okay, you don't have to. The NIL really kind of speed run some of these programs. Uh, There's also the controversy of Brandon Miller and their whole investigation right now. Um, I'm not going to really comment on that, but that's why a lot of people are kind of glad to see Alabama knocked out. But when we saw San Diego, when we broke this down, we thought San Diego State could go far. We didn't think they could go Final Four far or National Championship far. And you know what it was with them? I thought they were so like they had their first round matchup. And I'm trying to remember the, the opponent off the top of my head. I think it was uh, who they put? Charleston. Charleston. Yes. And Charleston at one point in the season was ranked. That's why I thought, you know what? I don't see San Diego State going far. I thought Charleston was going to upset them. And to nah. their credit, San Diego State, hold on. Now, I knew it was going to be a close game because Charleston was, like you said, was one of those teams. They were very good. Probably one of the best mid-majors in the country. Right. Uh, they, like I said, they really messed up the seating on a lot of this stuff. Iowa State should have. Yeah. And that's, again, I'm going to say this again. They overrated a lot of these conferences. The Big 12 was not good. The Big 10 was not good. Yeah, the big yeah, those two conferences had a very and bad they, tournament. And they really sucked up at bids, and they screwed up the seating for a lot of these mid-majors. You really think does anyone really think Iowa State deserved the sixth seed after that performance? No. And then Pitt just no, got they... absolutely mollywopped the next round anyway. So right. that, those are two prime examples of Pitt shouldn't have been in there. Iowa State probably should have been closer to a ten or eleven seed. Right. And these other teams like Charleston, hey, give them an eight seed, give them a nine seed, like Florida Atlantic. And again, Florida Atlantic is another team that got screwed on the seating. They should and have I'm been glad... closer to a seven or a six seed. But and I'm glad you brought up Florida Atlantic because they. Had a very wild first game of the tournament against Memphis. A game that I really won't go go into you know, for obvious reasons. Like... Yeah, Memphis probably should have won that game. That's besides the point. And then, you know, Florida Atlantic goes into the second round. They play fairly Dickinson. They end their Cinderella run. But then they had a tough match with the Sweet 16 against Tennessee, who came off a win against Duke. And you're thinking, all right, the Volunteers have got to get this one done. They just came off a win against Duke, who was red hot at that point in the season. But... Give the Owls credit. They pull off another stunning upset, knocking off the Volunteers 62-55. to They move on to the Elite Eight at that point in time. So another big-time upset in the round of 16. And then for the SEC, 
that just knocks out their their last two chances in this tournament. Yeah, the SEC also kind of overrated, not as overrated as the Big Twelve. Emma was their was their horse. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. They still had a lot of teams in the Sweet Sixteen. They have right. Alabama, they have Tennessee, they have Arkansas. Uh, I don't believe Kentucky made it to the Sweet Sixteen. They got knocked, Kentucky they got knocked did not. They, they got knocked out in this. Yes, they got knocked out by. Oh man, it's it's been such a tumultuous tournament. I'm trying to think of who they played. Um, they play Kansas State. Kansas State. Yeah, Kansas State. Uh, that's another program that no one expected to be here either. But yeah, uh, the SEC I think had a fine showing in the tournament. They were a little overrated, but man, a lot of these programs got flat out exposed. And if it wasn't for Miami right now, the ACC would be Pac-12 level of, level of bad right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, the SEC, like I said, Alabama was the top gun for them. Arkansas pull off that big time upset against Kansas, but they got beat down by UConn in the round of 16. UConn looked very dominant in that game. And then you talk about the ACC at yeah, Miami, big time upset against the another one seed in Houston. So because of that upset, I believe that knocked out every one seed up until that point now going into the round of eight. Correct. So there were no one seeds for the first time in March Madness history going into the Elite Eight, it, a crazy tournament. And that stat alone just proves why that March Madness is a good slogan for this tournament. It's the king of all sports. Uh, the greatest single tournament in the history of all sports. NBA playoffs, no. NHL playoffs, no. NFL playoffs, no. MLB playoffs, no. March Madness is king when it comes to the postseason. This is why. Uh, you will never see another sport like that. You will never see both one seeds in American football go down. You'll never see both one seeds in the MLB go down or NBA playoffs so early, at least. Yeah, we can have, a, you know, pretty much uh, the only time that's kind of happened in recent memory, at least I can think of in the NBA, is vote, is that 99 Knicks team, the eighth seed. It was a short, it was a lockout season, so it was kind of funky already. They kind of snuck in, and the eighth seed made a ride all the way to the championship. Yeah. Other than that, and all the other sports, uh, and you can think of whether it's baseball, football, basketball, hockey, whatever. Can you think of something like this that's ever happened? Oh man, it's tough. I mean, for hockey, I'm trying to think. You had that vague, like you had Vegas Golden Knights in their first year as a new team from an expansion team wise, make it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. But they were a good uh, team from day one, though. They they were a good team. They just you just I'm saying going into the season, you just didn't expect that to happen. Yeah, I'm talking about they, it's like they go into the postseason now, like as an eighth oh, yeah, team or no. whatever. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think. Recent memory, we've had a couple eight seeds sometimes beat the number one seed in the NBA playoffs. Um, you've had you know the miraculous runs from the Giants in the playoffs, but yeah, this this is I the way this tournament has gone down, it's. Very, very wild to think that we're going into the final four and that the current seeds that we have remaining, there's a, there's nothing higher than a four seed going into this final four. Yeah, like I said before, UConn should have been a one seed by all their metrics. But yeah, and I mean, confidence bias, and I blame ESPN. I mean, that's fair. I, I think the injuries hurt UConn, and that, that we all know that from day one that UConn was a solid team that just. They hit that bad stretch in the season where the injuries went down, and because of that, it led to some losses down the stretch of the season. They lost in the Big East uh, semifinals, so it hurt them at the end of the day. But in all hindsight, it's really helped them go a long way in this tournament. 
They were able to knock off Arkansas in the Sweet 16 and move on to the Elite Eight. Other um, action from the Sweet 16, you had Texas getting a big-time win over Xavier. Kansas State had a thrilling win in overtime against Michigan State. And Gonzaga was down 13 points at the half against UCLA. They come back and beat the Bruins 79-76 to move on to the Elite Eight, and they would play UConn, which we'll get into just a little bit. Now, you also mentioned the uh, Cinderella favorites, Princeton. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah, Crane ended Princeton's Cinderella run. Uh, Crane, another team that was got the injury bug early on, started the season 514 games in, and really strong in the Elite Eight. Um, I don't want to toot my own horn, but it sounds like right now that the Big East had five teams in tournament, right? Yes. And three of those teams made the Elite Eight, right? You had UConn, you had Creighton. And you had no, Xavier. They, they, no, well, they didn't make the Elite Eight. They made the Sweet um, 16, I think you're talking I, you mean. Yeah, my apologies. They had three teams in the Sweet 16 and two in the right. Elite Eight. Right. And that was with early teams like Marquette get, getting bounced out in the round of 32 by Michigan State. Mm-hmm. and Providence lost to Kentucky. And listen, if Providence was seeded a little bit more favorable, I think they'd get in the round of 32 easily. I think they would have won a game because uh, that game against because I think the game against Kentucky could have went either way. And Kentucky's game against uh, Kansas State, which we'll get into a little bit later, uh, how Kansas State fared this tournament uh, easily could have went either way, too. So you talk about two toss ups right there. I think they Providence probably could have made a sweet 16 run if they got lucky enough. But um, right. it, it seems to me that the Big East had the best showing of this tournament without spoiling too much. Uh, do you know how much money the Big East made off this tournament? Uh, you told me the number. I think it was. I forgot the number of time I had, but I remember you telling me it. So, uh, the Big East will get thirty million dollars over yeah. the next five years. However, they want to distribute that is their business. It's uh, sometimes they give it to the winners, sometimes they do it evenly. It's with to the coaches and uh, athletic directors to figure that out. But thirty million dollars between those eleven teams in the Big East over the next uh next five years. Not too bad for a uh. A conference that was deemed dead on arrival ten years ago. Right. Yeah, the Big East has been really good the last couple of seasons. You had the Villanova years for championships, and you know UConn is back in the Big East. They got a great opportunity this year. They showed it in the round of eight against Gonzaga. They absolutely annihilated Gonzaga in that game to move on to the Final Four. Their first Final Four since winning the championship in twenty fourteen. UConn, right now, they they like I said earlier on, they look really red hot. They're playing their best basketball of the season, and it's really the best time for them to do so. We're now just two wins away from being crowned national champion. Yeah. Uh, now, at this point, since now they gave a tidbit about the money, they can no longer make any more money by advancing the national championship game. Uh, so let's go Miami. And you bring up Miami, and they had another big-time upset. They knocked off two-seeded Texas, another team that a lot of people thought could go all the way and become the national champion this year. But Miami were down 12 points at one point, I think around the 10-minute mark in that game against the Longhorns. They come all the way back, knock off Texas 88-81. They will play UConn in the Final Four where they trip to the national championship game on the line. Shout-out to Jim Laranaga, 73 years young making his second Final Four appearance, his first since he dragged the George Mason Patriots. Yes, if you remember that back in 2006, the George Mason Patriots out of the Atlantic 10 division 
all the way to the final four in that miracle run. So that's got that got him his uh, his big coaching job in uh, major college basketball. So shout out to him, still doing it at seventy three years old. And here's a tidbit about the NIL for him. Uh, I think Miami players are set to make or set to made two point two million dollars this past season from the NIL deals they have down there. Right. So on average, that's a little bit over a hundred eighty thousand dollars a player, roughly. Yeah, I would say roughly. So NIL doing good things for uh, uh, for a lot of these players, and really love to see it, especially for a uh, a coach like Jim Laranega. Dare I say it, Nick? That Texas still isn't back. I think it's a tough year because you have the whole Chris you know, Beard situation, Chris Beard situation, and I think at the end of the day, there's a lot to build on for the Longhorns. I think this is a good stepping stone to get here because not a lot of people would think, you know, you have an assist, you have a interim head coach. You wouldn't think that they would get all the way to this point in the season, but they got here to the round of eight, just for, you know, just had a really bad mental lapse down the stretch of that game against the hurricanes. But I think you got to believe that they're going to be back next year and think that they're going to be in the running to potentially be back for the national championship. Yeah. Shout out to UT though, for signing their assistant, uh, their, Interim head coach to this full deal, deal. Rodney Terry. He's done a hell Rodney of a Terry, job. Yep. Yeah, twenty-two and eight, twelve and six in conference play. Sec, he finished second in the Big Twelve. Big Twelve um, championship. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of suspect coaching at UTEP. Like he wasn't good. He was decent at Fresno State. He had an NCAA appearance. He had a, uh, an NIT, a couple twenty-one seasons, but he wasn't that great overall. All right. Uh, I think him being in Texas and being able to recruit better players, and if he see you've seen that um, with good players, he can produce good results. So I'm happy that Texas decided to go in house and give it to a guy who's really only been on the staff for a year. Yeah, now he gets a great opportunity for the next couple of seasons to build a program with the Texas Longhorns. He's got a good foundation already there, and like I said. I think Texas still has a great opportunity to go get back to this point in the season and maybe even go further than they did this season. So we'll have to see how they do in the recruiting uh, and transfer portal for the next couple months. The next game we get into is another big-time win for the Aztecs of San Diego State, knocking off Creighton by one point, 57-56. They are the first Mountain West team in conference history to move on to the Final Four big-time run going on for San Diego State. You got to remember, Johnson, in 2020, they were going to be a number one seed going into the tournament, but then COVID hit and the season ended. So this is the Aztecs' best chance now since that 2020 season to maybe get a national championship. Yeah, they're going to ride the wins of the past into the future and hopefully win a national championship. Uh, one thing I will say about that game is, even though I don't know if you saw the last play of the game, Nick, but I was not able to, to really much watch, you know, much watch that game. Unfortunately, yeah, I was watching that game. I um, heard, I heard you talk about it, though. You I'm, were not I'm, I'm uh, sitting at, with the officials. Yeah, I'm sitting at my brother's engagement party, and they're about to serve dinner, and I'm just sitting there watching the game. I'm like, all right, there's a couple minutes left. Let me see how this goes. So they're going back and forth, and they called the game for at least the time period I watched it. Pretty loosely. Let him get away with shoves. Let him get away with, uh, you know, draping the arm a little bit. Let him play physical, right? Right. With under five, six seconds to go, uh, a little bit of contact on the hip from the arm. 
Balls of foul. Game ends with two free throws. Was it the right call? Yeah, it was the right call. But when you, if you're gonna call it like that, you gotta call you it want, like that you, you all play it the out. time, right? And I totally get them doing that. What the officials pretty much did was they're they're playing for a job too. They want to get they want to advance, right? They want to ref that uh, final four game. They want to ref that national championship. So that's why they called it like that. I totally get it. Uh, I just wish it was, wish it was more consistent throughout. Yeah, no, it's it's tough to make a call like that, especially you know when you're playing for a, a trip to the national championship game. It's it's really tough to make decisions like that down the stretch of a game, and it hurts you know a team at the end of the day. And it hurt Creighton, who was making it look like it was making a really good run, just like kind of how UConn what is currently doing. So unfortunately for them, they fall. We'll have to see how they do now going into the off season, but. For the for the Big East purposes, it looks like they'll be still, you know, in contention to be competing for Big East championships. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Big East has become the conference of coaches once again, how it was kind of founded. You remember Louis right. Carnesecca, Big John Thompson, Raleigh Massimino, you have Jim you had Jim Beheim, you had all these colorful coaches. Now it's kind of back. You've got Sean Miller at Xavier, you have Ed Cooley at Georgetown, you have Shaheen Holloway at Seton Hall, uh Greg McDermott at, at Crane. Uh, slick Rick Patino at St. John's. You have all these guys, and it's become the conference of coaches again, the conference of coaching personalities. So I'm really looking forward to see what Creighton can do in the Big East next year and the Big East in general. Yeah, the Big East is going to be interesting next season, considering the Ed Cooley news also with him going to Georgetown. That rivalry with, with Providence with Georgetown that's going to be that'll be one of the that'll be one of the things to watch for. Obviously, Rick Patino, and then you got teams like Creighton, as you talked about. We talked about UConn earlier. They're making a great opportunity to potentially win a national championship this year, and overall, the conference is in good. Is looking right right now. The conference that's the best to it's be been in, in twenty years, right? And that's even considering the fact that you had those couple of national championships from Villanova a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. But let's go into our next game. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about the UConn game or the um, or the FAU uh, game. Um, there's not really much to talk about UConn. So let's smoke about it a little bit earlier. They pretty much dominated Gonzaga throughout the entire game. Gonzaga really just, you know, it looked like all of their saying. effort was kind of, you know, put into that comeback against UCLA, and they just really did not have much fight in them in this game against UConn. That's why UConn was able to win in the fashion that they did. The game that we should really talk about is Florida Atlantic upsetting Kansas State Going to their first ever Final Four. This has been an unbelievable run by the Owls. Tough break for Kansas State Wildcats. They had a great run going on, but they just fell short at the last second. And now, because of that, Florida Atlantic goes to their first ever Final Four, and they play in a crazy matchup against Florida, against uh, San Diego State, with a trip to the National Championship game on the line. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a homecoming, like I said before, if it was K-State kids, a lot of kids from New York City, from Harlem, from uh, from Queens, Long Island, and they played their hearts out, but at the end of the day, it wasn't good enough. Shout out to them, they had a hell of a season, but I'm looking forward to this FAU game, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, again, I don't think they should be here, but here they are anyway. Uh, is this Cinder- is this a Cinderella? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Even, even though they're a nine seed? 
I would still this is a Cinderella run for sure. Because you gotta look at it's a mid major, that's why. Like, yes, it's a mid major. I understand that, you know, yes, you could fault them for some of the teams that they played. They played Fairly Dickinson, who yes, beat Purdue. Then they play Tennessee. Then they play Kansas State. And now they'll be playing San Diego State for a trip to the national championship. People might have their criticisms about it. That's just how the bracket is. You have to play whoever's in front of you. Florida Atlantic, to their credit, has played the teams that they've been given against, and they've won those games. And now they're one win away from playing for the national championship and two wins away from being crowned national championship, you know, national champions. Yeah, no, like you said, it's been a hell of a season for them. I would definitely say this is a Cinderella. Um, but I'll, I'll say this again, too. They, sh- they should have been seated a lot higher. Uh, they probably should have been closer to a seven seed or a um, or a six seed. Yeah, I mean, they had, they had over 30 wins in the season, so they had a really good year. But, yeah, the seeding just – it goes to show, like, the mid-majors, they don't really get a lot of credit and, you know, recognition from the committee, and that's why they were seeded the way they were. But You would, you would think in today's age of advanced analytics that you could pretty much put anything into a computer and give you, like, whatever, they would be able to seed things better. But it right. seems like they've gotten worse. Yeah, I mean, we saw we we even talked about when the bracket originally came out. Like we thought Oral Roberts got a bad rep when they got matched up with Duke, because I think honestly, if they played any other five seed, they probably can win that game and move on. Um, but there is just a lot of matches where we like even Texas A and M against Penn State. No, not one. They those teams both deserve to win at least one game in the tournament. And the fact that they had to play each other going into the going into the second round, it just wasn't fair to really either one of them, considering that they both were one win away from winning their respective conference championships. Absolutely. And on that note, would you like to go into a final four predictions and preview? The the mushing hour again. Yeah, the, the final mushing hour for this tournament. Well, I want to say it's the final mushing hour for the tournament, but yeah. We have the, remember, you got to think, the National Championship is, I believe, right this upcoming Monday, this on Monday. April 3rd. Yes, sir. Yeah, so we're going to – let's so let's not only pick who we think is going to win this game, these two games. Let's also pick our National Champion pick. Oh, I already, I already have that. Okay, perfect. Then that, that's perfect. Ready to go. All right, do you want to start off? Do you want me to start off? So do you want, to, want me to go give you – Picks for both games and the national championship, or one out of one out of two. I'll so I'll, I'll give you I'll give I'll go game by game, and then we'll and then we'll go into who we have for the final game, the national championship game. Well, I'll I've... preview. I'll do the preview real quick. The first game on Saturday is nine seed Florida Atlantic taking on five seed San Diego State. San Diego State is currently a two point favorite going into this game. Give me FAU money line. Give me FAU. Wow. Oh. To the moon. I don't care about San Diego State. I think the magic ends here. And Florida Atlantic's the team that keeps on winning. I think they're going to win all the way to the national championship game. Okay. I'm going to take San Diego State. I, I've see, I've liked a lot what they did against Alabama. They were able to take advantage of the, you know poor shooting from the tide. And they're going to make you pay for that. And if Florida Atlantic comes out flat in this game, San Diego State will make them pay for it. I think the Aztecs will come out uh, will come out on top with the win, and they will play for the national championship this year. Uh yeah, I could see why you said that, but uh, I like chaos, so I'm gonna go for nine seed in my national championship. I mean, this is chaos either way. You have a we we were not expecting this to be a matchup for the final four, 
Oh, yeah, 100%. So you're going with San Diego State. You're, I'm going with Miami. Is there going to be a change in the UConn-Miami game? I don't think so. Well, you spoiled it by saying Miami, but I know what you meant. You meant, you meant Florida Atlantic. So are you, wait, are you going with two Florida teams for the national championship? Oh, yes, I am. Wow. You we're got going, the Hurricanes being UConn. We're going cross-town rivalry right here. So, in other words, because I'm going to pick UConn, because I've had UConn pretty much, you know, going into the region. I, I've i liked them to begin with. I even said during, you know, going into this bracket, I said they were one of my teams that I liked a lot to win the national championship. Um, it seems like we're gonna ha- you're gonna have Florida Atlantic against Miami, and I'm gonna have San Diego State versus UConn. So someone is going to mush this into oblivion. Oh, I'm already mushing it into oblivion. Tr- trust me. We're either gonna have an all Florida national championship, or it's just gonna be the Aztecs against the Huskies. Yes, that's that's. Or it could no... be, a, or it could be a different combination. No, nah, there's no middle ground. Either someone's mushing this harder, so we're gonna find out who's gonna mush this into oblivion more. Right. But I'm so going. Now... Go ahead. So I'm gonna go. Miami over FAU in the national championship game. Well, okay. Uh, ESPN's darling ACC uh, gets a national championship first time in a couple of years. Larry Nega finally gets it done. Yeah, he finally gets it done, and he retires and goes off into the sunset, and then Miami probably collapses next year. But, hey, it's a good story. <laughs> I that, I mean, that would be a crazy story if Larry Nega was able to get that championship and then just retire right after that, especially considering – you know, current stage of how old he is right now, 73 years of age. It would be a great way to go out for him. A very legendary head coach. Um, I'm just going to take UConn. I mean, right now they're the favorite going into this, you know, the final four. I like them a lot. I think they're playing their, like I've said a, a bunch of times already, they're playing their best basketball of the season. They're getting, they're really, really healthy right now. And, I think Hurley's just got them going at a perfect good rate. And I think if they were to play either Florida Atlantic or San Diego State, I just don't see them matching up against UConn very much very well in this in that game. Yeah, uh I could definitely see listen, if UConn does make it, they're gonna win the national championship. That's my spoiler, but I don't care who UConn plays so in the next much, round. Uh, right. If, the winner of UConn Miami is winning the national championship. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. I we're both pretty much agreeing that Miami or UConn is going to win the national championship, which, if you're an FAU fan or a San Diego State fan, could mean good things for you because we could just mush that and, and they could be the national championship. Can you imagine yeah. FAU over Miami? Or I guess against UConn. Yeah, that would be unbelievable. That would be something else right now if you get, you can't, if you get FAU. You couldn't write a better script to end this tournament with Florida Atlantic, a team that Almost lost in the first round. Not a lot of people like them in this tournament. They had them pretty much underdogs in every single game. And they go on to win the national championship. It's It would be a crazy end of the year if that was to happen. And that's what you love about March Madness. This is where legends are made. And they will make their one shining moment, which we'll get to hear on. This upcoming Monday. And you know, Johnson, I am a huge fan of that music video. I cannot wait for Monday to happen. Can't wait to hear the one shining moment music video and just have a great time watching not only the Final Four on Saturday, but the National Championship game on Monday. Uh, just a shout out to uh, to uh, former, uh, or I should say, St. John's coach Rick Patino because he'll, be, he'll have his uh, one shining moment this year in the beginning of the movie oh, and at Jesus. the end. And at next year, he'll be at the end of the movie. 
the end of uh, this, sh- this shining moment. I mean, uh, I probably just mushed that into oblivion. Yeah, so any did. St. John's yeah. fans, uh, sorry. Uh, I'll see you at the draft next year. I mean, um... <laughs> the draft. Yeah, You'll my... see them. At, uh, what's that? Uh, what's that place? I'll, I'll see you in the. I'll see you in the CBI next year. What's the What's the bar right by St. John's? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, it used to be Trads. Right, right. Used to be Trads, but Trads close. R.I.P. Yeah, how's I say? You'll see. You'll see Johnson there drinking a beer and and in his uh, sorrows. But the only thing is this: next Tuesday, will we we when we record this pod, we will know our national champion. And we will also find out who wins the All Gas No Breaks uh, bracket challenge, and we will find out who will win that coveted Mario Chalmers autograph card. I will say this has been the worst bracket challenge I've ever seen. It has in my been life. pretty bad. I mean, I I still have UConn as one of my brackets as number one, but I, I can't obviously I do win too. that. And Nick can't win it. Um, so it looks either. like the loser of a, oh god. I think um, at this point, what's looking like? I think it's going to be Sean. I think Sean wins by default here. Doesn't he have a bracket with Marquette and Purdue? Is that what is that is that? Yeah, but in his Purdue bracket, he still has UConn going to the national championship game. So if he right. if UConn advances, Sean will win the bracket. That's unbelievable that a team that he had one of his teams get eliminated that early, and yet he's going to win he the bracket. win the whole bracket because of that. Uh, Eighteen other entries, and uh, that's him. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, he he is in a good driver's seat right now. And you and I can't win it, as you said. Yeah, it, Sean might be getting the Mario Chalmers autograph. If I don't know not, what he'll do with it. If not, I'll be going out to ESPN fan with a bunch of names. Uh, whoever you are, please DM us on Instagram because right. uh, you you would be the winner if Sean does not advance. Right. So we'll have to see how this week unfolds. Saturday, the Final Four, you got two games going on. And then Monday, you, you will have our national championship game, and we will crown the national champion of this year's college basketball season. Should be a fun one to watch. We'll have to see how it all unfolds, and we'll be recapping it next week here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show. But that is going to do it this week for our Sweet 16 and Elite 8 recap. Crazy tournament is getting down just down to the wire. Four teams remain. Two can move on to the national championship game, and only one could come out as the true national champion of this year's college basketball season. Once again, this is Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.